0: Blind? Good heavens, do they expect one blind child to teach another? Here's a house full of grown-ups can't cope with a child. How can an inexperienced half-blind Yankee schoolgirl manage it? Great improvement. Now we have two of them to look after. You'll be quiet. I was agreeing with you. You talk too much. Nothing I say is right.
1: Why say anything? What do you do? When somebody is just picking on you, you prepare a wonderful Thanksgiving dinner and everything is perfect. The, the turkey is succulent. The, you made fresh cranberry sauce with walnuts in it. Everything is mouth-watering. And your husband comes in and says, oh, you burnt the bread again, didn't you? And you only slightly burnt the rolls. What do you do when people are always picking on you? Nothing is ever good enough. You know the type of person. You probably have at least a handful of them, maybe a dozen of them, or a baker's dozen of them in your life. With me to discuss this type of bad judgment is Dr. Andy Bernstein, my resident philosopher. Andy, I know you have your Ph.D. in philosophy, and you teach at the universities. You've given addresses at Harvard and Stanford and RPI all over the country. And you're the author of many articles cliff notes, and a novel, The Heart of a Pagan. Welcome aboard.
0: Good to be back, Ellen.
1: It's great to have you here. Thank you. I know that I've been around people where I'm trying to do something, and I know I'm doing it 99% well, and they will find that 1% flaw in it and say, yeah, but you forgot this, or why didn't you do it this way? And it's not like I'm paying them to be a consultant. It's just that they never focus on the good. How do you deal with that type of a situation?
0: Well, I think there's several things. That you would have to do, and the and the the first thing is remember that you know that kind of person uh, in the everyday terminology is is uh, called somebody who's judgmental, and there's a, there's a reason for that. We're we talking about uh, using you know using your own judgment um, to to make evaluations. So I would say first of all to such a person. Um, if, by my standards, if I think that, as you put it, 99% or more of the work is good, and they're picking on, you know, some uh, trivial element, first of all, make sure that, that you repudiate their judgment. What go would by, you say at the, thanks,
1: at the Thanksgiving meal? Everything is beautiful, perfect. I've spent so much time doing it. And someone, you're there, and someone walks in and says, is that burnt bread? I mean, did you burn the bread?
0: Yeah, I think internally... You have to be. The first thing you need to be able to do is be willing and able to go by your own judgment. I've seen it in cases where I've given lectures where where I thought it was very good, and other people uh, criticized it, or vice versa. I thought it was flawed, and other people uh, uh, loved it. Uh, you have to be willing to go by your own judgment uh, as as, as, the, as the prerequisite. So if somebody criticizes you in, in your in, in your thinking unjustly, you have to make sure to reject in your internally reject. The, their uh, criticism because you know that what you've done is good, and so you have to take pride in it and uh, you simply repudiate uh, that kind of judgment. You, you, don't, you don't, don't accept it. And then the second thing, if you do that, you could respond to the person in a way that's neither meek nor hostile. You could, you know, because it's not affecting you. You're not, you're not hurt or stung by it. You're very constant okay, in your own can... judgment, and, and then respond to them in a very, very reasonable way. You could say, well, but look at all of these things here that are so good that Turkey is. You know, it's plump and delicious, the, you know, the potatoes, uh, you know, they're, they're so creamy. Uh, what, do you, what do you mean? Uh, you know, you could respond then. If you don't accept the, the, the unjust judgment of the critic, then you, don't, you won't get all defensive, won't get all hostile, and you won't, get, won't, won't start crying tears of uh, humility either. You'll just you'll be able to respond in a, in, in a reasonable and courteous way to the person.
1: Okay, so let's say it's the mother-in-law that comes in. You go, oh, my God, I can't believe your mother's doing this again. She picks on me every time she walks in this house. There's dust over here. Why don't you put your dishes over here, honey? And you don't need this old milk in your refrigerator. And, I mean, the woman, I've, my house is so nice, and she never notices anything good. And I just can't stand her. I just, I am so upset. You're saying that instead of having that type of a response, you can have, example. you can have a much more... Self-respecting response, saying, "Oh, this is your mother-in-law again. We're in for the show. <laughs> let's yeah, see, let's think, see what she can pick on this time." And yeah. you let it roll off you. You don't engage her in battle. You don't fight her. You, you. She runs her her course, but while she's doing that, you can say, "Well, didn't I cook a nice meal?"
0: Right. Exactly. I mean, and I think I think an a, a important book here for everybody to read is Ayn uh, Rand's novel, *The Fountainhead*, because it really focuses on the importance of going by your own judgment. Uh, and again, if, if, and we're speaking in the context where you honestly, by your most conscientious standards, you believe that, that you're doing good work. It's not just a whim when you're part of a feeling, but, but by your almost, most honest standards, you've done good work. And then your mother-in-law comes in and, and by your standards, uh, irrationally criticizes you. Um, people who lack self-confidence, who are unwilling to go by their own judgment, are hurt by that kind of irrational criticism, they take it to heart, they take it personally, or they personalize it, it stings them. And so they, they're, they're, they're in pain, and either they break down in tears and kind of base themselves before the bullying critic, or else they get defensive and they're willing to fight. And just like you said, there's both of those uh, uh, alternatives uh, won't, won't get you anywhere. The, the best way is if is, is you know internally that you're doing good work and you could let your mother-in-law or any, any other bullying critic just go on, Without it affecting you, know, when they run out of gas, you know, when they, when they, when they finally, when they finally, the windbag finally gets tired of, you know, of, uh, uh, of yelling at you, you could then say, well, how do you like the soup? You know. <laughs>
1: That's wonderful. You can focus on the positive. Yeah, sometimes in therapy I'll tell people who come in and they say that they have this type of a person in their life, I'll say, well, if a 2-year-old or a 4-year-old came over to you and said, you're stupid, you're dumb, you're an idiot, you don't do anything right, how would you respond? They said, I'd laugh. exactly. And it's not that you laugh defiantly at the person engaged in battle, it's just you're laughing because it's not important. You don't take their estimate of what you're doing as valid you're going as you say by your own standards right and so that's wonderful now I'm going to be the critical parent I'll be the critical mother-in-law for a moment
0: I'm sure you can do that well
1: <laughs> try try to try to see let's take a look at her and see what's behind her you know I'm only doing this for my daughter-in-law's good I you know it's I'm much older than her. You know, I've been here and I've done this. I know how to run a household. Don't tell me I don't know how to run a household. And I'm telling her that you don't put the dishes here, that you have to look at your milk every day to make sure it's not expired. I, You know, she doesn't know these things. I'm just trying to educate her. I'm trying to help her.
0: Well, you know, if the mother-in-law is sincere in in her uh, statement that she's doing this benevolently out of goodwill towards her daughter-in-law and trying to, trying to educate her to how to be a good uh, homemaker... Then uh, she needs to check her premises here. The, the way the way to help somebody is not by a, a kind of negative and, and critical berating. All that can do is hurt somebody and and, and put them on the defensive and and cause uh, antagonism in the relationship. What she needs to do is uh, have a whole new strategy of how to help out her daughter-in-law. And I think the the way you the way you do it is by you know putting it in a positive way. You might she might say to her. You know, honey, uh, you know I, th- I think the first thing you gotta do if you wanna if you wanna help somebody get better, I think you have to find the positives in the, in already in what they're already doing. Show them that show them that you recognize their virtues uh, first so that so that you don't put them on the defensive. And and the mother in law in that case could say to her daughter in law, you know, sweetheart, I, I really appreciate the way you work so hard and I see you know, you, you really you really work at keeping the house. I really admire you you know, you really admire you for that. I see you really love my son and you know, you 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 are good to him. I really appreciate that. but you know, I think I think that the way you might be able to do this better, if if you're willing to listen to me, I can give you some... You know, I don't want to tell you how to live your life, but I'm, you know, 30 years older than you and I have some experience. Are you you interested in what I have to say? And if you put it that way, your daughter will probably say, sure.
1: Yeah, because you're inviting. You're saying, are you interested in what I have to say? And the daughter can say no. If she says yes, then you have your invitation. You can give the advice, but you can't force it on her and you can't assume that you're right and there's only one way. She may have a legitimate way. I want to thank you very much for joining us today. This is Dr. Dr. Andy Bernstein. and I'm Ellen. Dr. Ellen Kenner on the rational basis of happiness, and we've been talking about the importance of. Dealing with very judgmental, irrationally judgmental, not healthy judgment people. How do you deal with these irrational people in your life? If you don't take them seriously, and if you want to give good advice, you catch them doing something right. And you also want to value yourself. You want to think, to learn how to think independently for yourself. Again, I'm Dr. Ellen Kenner. My show is The Rational Basis of Happiness. Visit me on the website drkenner.com. D R K E N N E R dot com. Here's
0: an excerpt from The Selfish Path to Romance by Dr. Ellen Kenner.
1: Another virtue that makes you lovable is integrity. Integrity means being loyal to your rational convictions in action. A breach of integrity means acting against your own convictions. Having courage, that is, remaining true to your values in the face of threat, is an aspect of integrity. It also means not giving up your values for a momentary emotional high. A wife may profess to love her husband, but she brushes that off for a quick, mindless affair. A man may know he needs to exercise regularly, diet, and stop smoking. But he suppresses that knowledge for just a moment every day for years. Breaches of integrity cost us our self-respect, not to mention our romantic happiness. When we let ourselves down again and again, we lose trust in ourselves and others lose trust in us. You can download Chapter 1 for free at drkenner.com and you can buy the book at amazon.com.